bit more volume. Cool. Start us off. Hey, Steve. Hey, Moraine. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, just to prove to everybody that we are actually recording our 100th podcast live in front of a, an audience of people that are waiting for it to fail. <laughs> or just want to have a whiskey. Yes. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got a, a couple of things that we want to do. First of all, uh, we want to play you our new theme tune, which we've had re- recorded uh, from the guy that's been recording our material. He uh, is in California. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, God. You My need to, got other no, ideas. no, 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 no. You need to give the proper explanation how he does the, how he made that. Do I? Yes, you do. Okay, I need a chair. We might be here a while. No. All right, so what actually happens is, um, uh, how many people have gone to Fiverr.com? Good site, isn't it? Do you know you can get live musicians to record you whatever you want on Fiverr.com? So hi, guy, I say to this guy, hey, and we have this conversation. It goes something like, I want to do a new theme tune for the podcast, and I'm thinking something between the Foo Fighters and Louis Armstrong. And he goes, man, you slay me. And I, and I say, and I could do with a bit of saxophone and some of this and some of the other, whatever. And uh, I leave it to him. And three days later, I end up with all the tracks mixed back down. And if anyone's interested, I'll pull it all up when we're in the boardroom a bit later. Uh, and then I have to remix everything, which takes me about four or five weeks because I'm a perfectionist and, and it's so much fun. True. Is yeah. That so, so that person just plays all those instruments himself, records them and then sends it off. I think that's beautiful. I wonder how that's going to change with the DALI and AI kind of thing, that we can just say, hey, AI, create me something that is a mix of Foo Fighters and Louis Armstrong. And, and see what happens. Mm. It'll come out like our podcast. I mean, that's how we start these things going, isn't it? Exactly. All right, so do you want to hear the new theme tune? Yeah. Yes. You've got to keep saying yes just so that we know. Right. We're wait, not wait, wait, wait. Do you know the old theme tune? Have you listened to it? Who, 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 has, who has ever listened to our podcast at least once? Okay, a few people. Cool. All right. Fuck. So you, you know. at least seven that didn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go then. So that's true. Exactly. Here we go. What did we actually say? We wanted to go a bit Cuban this time, didn't we? A bit, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 had, Cuban. I had my hips that I needed to shake a little. There you have it. Wow, they applauded. I think, yeah, I think that's awesome. I think it's cool. Yeah, you did a I great job. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. The Except problem is I get r- hours and the hours of the morning as I start. And then my daughter has her input. She, get, she produced it and said, no, you need to change this, that, and the other. And, and then you send it to me and I said, oh, change this and that. And then I let my girlfriend listen to it and she was like no that's way too long you need to make it shorter and you need to change this and this and then so we do what we normally do when your girlfriend makes comments (laughs) we ignore her that's the one yes (laughs) yes that's the one all righty cool so uh i said we go over how we how we set this thing up and how we move forward um i'm a a big personas user if there any musicians in the room or sound guys no all right so I, i kind of go back a long way uh, I ran recording studios when I was a young man because this beard is really grey. It's genuine. Uh, and I used to work with small artists like Cliff Richard and and people of that calibre when they were doing their thing. Um, I still look better than he does, don't I? Yeah? Okay. Uh, and so when we started bringing this together, we said, yeah, we've got to do it. So Personas is a company based in... Uh, uh, the south of uh, America. Uh, there are a bunch of guys that said we can make stuff better for our own studio. So uh, it's just a, a Personas box, a couple of hundred euros, and then that brings you in a piece of software called Studio One. Uh, and that you can do anything with. And it's all virtual. So it's literally running on the surface. Um, six has just come out, so I do need to upgrade. Uh, but uh, I can drop in all kinds of digital effects and, and all that kind of stuff. So at the moment, uh, we're running a couple of gates. 
Uh, and so what a gate does, it says, I'm only going to record if you get a certain volume so that each of the microphones don't pick up each of our voices. And that way I can have separate channels for each one and we can separate them. And then I switch the gates off and, and put in a bunch of EQ and stuff and then we can mix Boring. it down and get the sound. Oh, is it that bad? Jesus. Man, I was getting really excited. I, I thought know, I might have I to know. turn so around I, and face I the needed, wall. I needed to cut you off here because yeah. otherwise you would get really excited. And <sighs> there, yeah. so, yes, Adam, you, I could do that, yeah. But we have, had a, we have had a few little episodes. We have to keep glancing at the screen because I have leaned on the space bar, which turns it off a couple of times as we're recording. We tend to record like this, and then we go on and on and on. All of a sudden, we look at it and go, it's not recording. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, And you never get the same thing twice, especially when it's been a good, good session where we've been recording stuff, and then we think, shit, we've got to go back and try and remember all those ad-libs and things yeah. because we genuinely... I have no real idea what we're going to do on a podcast from one episode to the next. Yeah, That's, that is notes. how we roll. So I live about an hour's drive from Steve. So I drive up to him. I take a coffee with me. I take a nice cigar with me. I've got some nice music in the car. I drive up to him. I walk inside and I ask him, what are we going to talk about today on the podcast? And then we go like... Uh, let's have a whiskey first. Yes. So that's that's our regular thing. So we'll have a whiskey and then we say, okay, maybe it's this. So we we recently bought like a whiteboard like that one. <laughs> oh, yes. And then we just take some pens and we draw some stuff out. And then we start talking to each other. And at some point we say, why are we not recording this? <laughs> and then we hit record and then we do it again. A hundred episodes though. Man, that is some hours spent. Uh, yes. And that also means because every episode we taste at least one whiskey, so that means we've had over 100 different whiskeys that we've tasted. And the tax man has paid for. Uh, yes. That, uh, business, nice. business claim. Yes. All right, this is a tech conference. Yes. We were going to do 100 hot shots. That was our first idea. Yes. Then our, yes. Second, our second one was such a great title, we decided to save it for 101, which yes. is... Yes. Is the tease, all right? Oh. F in ad car. <laughs> F in ad car, okay? So there's the clue. That's what our next episode is going to be about, which is rather cool. And I have to say, I dedicated it to my current boss uh, because uh, he actually had a brainstorming session. He went, there's no F in ad car. And I went, no, but that is a great podcast title. Yeah. So we'll work out what F is a little bit later. But what we wanted to do was to cover some of the subjects we've done before because everything we talk about is real to us. Yeah, I mean, you would think that because we don't know what we're going to talk about, you'd go online, look at the roadmap, find out what press release Microsoft have done. But we never do that. We yeah. always you've, talk about... You've got certain podcasts that always cover news, for example. they just got four people, like three guys and a girl, getting together online. And they'll just talk whatever's on the news. So They've got weird names. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Princess. Yeah, yeah something like <laughs> That's that. That's just Kevin. I, th I think, yeah, I just want to say, I think the princess is here with us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so we, we, we want to try and hit a few things that we've done before. So, um, if you've not been on our uh, pod, how many people that have remembered baseline governance? Yeah, baseline governance right. is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, that means you can be a consultant part-time and still get paid lots of money for it. It's actually really quite neat. But it's... Steve, what is, what is baseline governance? Start off with that. Enough, I was about to say okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. Is this you being manly, the interruptions um, and things? Yes. Just going to change it for over. Once. So just the once. Yes. All right. So we were doing a podcast kind of around governance in the early days. We did a, a fair amount of them about, you know, the usual stuff, how you get the documentation in, how you make sure everybody agrees with it, how you get the business into it. And it's a long process. I mean, I guess you guys have done doc governance documents before. Well, we're lazy bastards, all right? So we wanted to work out no, how... No, 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 we we're practical. Ah, we're practical yes. bastards. Yeah. And we wanted to try and work out how we could do governance, but actually move things on quickly. And that's what we were trying to do. Um, if there's any agilists amongst us, then you know everything is in small iterations so that you can move things forward quickly. And governance doesn't quite work that way unless you're doing what we call baseline governance. So we came up with the concept of baseline governance. And now what normally happens in a podcast is did this is where I did, say, Moraine, over to you. Sorry? Did we steal it somewhere or did, we, did you no, we actually came it. up with it? I've okay. trademarked okay. it. Okay, yeah, okay. That's no, mine. <laughs> so anybody <laughs> says it, you need to owe me. <laughs> 25 cents a time. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so on a podcast, I would normally do this, and I'd say, so, Moraine, so explain what baseline governance is. 
And then I would go like, mm, and then you would normally take over so and, and do the actual thing. Yeah, exactly. Go on, now yeah. you go. No, no. Baseline governance is like actually asking like the first few really important questions. Like, for example, we're going to roll out OneDrive. Okay, should people be allowed to share? How much gigabyte should they be able to store? Like some basic questions, not the real nitty-gritty detail, but just like some yeah, basics. Yeah, so you do enough governance to keep it safe, get past your security guy, and then roll it out. So you can get it out quickly and, and away you go. So, for example, if you're rolling out MS Teams, you can't roll MS Teams out unless you've got OneDrive Live because you can't turn it off. So you might not give them OneDrive app. You might not. You might even hide the icon. As soon as you give them MS Teams app files, you, you're into OneDrive, whether you like it or not. So often you get to the point where we want to do meetings first, which is Microsoft's new best practice. Hey, you're putting MS Teams out there. Just give them meetings. Don't give them Teams and channels because that's not baseline. So if I was doing OneDrive and I get into the details, you'd be thinking about if I'm going to share something that's fine, then people need to re-authenticate themselves. So yeah, we'll force them to re-authenticate their emails. Uh, we'll force them to uh, confirm they're still external persons. And all of a sudden, you end up with a list of 25 things, and you've then got to go through your board and everything else. So baseline governance is maybe three things. Exactly. Small amount of space. So we don't, to start off with, we're not going to get running out. Um, uh, no sharing, potentially. So you don't let them share, or if you do, you, you've got to accept this uh, more work to do. But just enough so that you can roll out MS Teams, and those that are interested, you can actually give them OneDrive. So that was what baseline governments was. And yeah. I, I, that's a perfect example of how often I've used it. It's two pages, maybe only one page. You can go to your boss, you can go to security, you can say, look, these are how we're controlling it. And then uh, what, often, what often does is I have a, an hour's meeting and then I send it to our external partner because I don't want to be responsible for writing the governance. You just yeah. don't want to do it. That as well. Mm -hmm. So then I give them yeah. the basic notes. We've already got it agreed by security, by any legal issues, by compliance teams or whatever. And then the design people come back with a nice 15-page governance document plus instructions on how to implement it, which I throw at the engineer, and then I walk away. Oh, no, I invoice. Yes. So, so yeah, that was baseline governance. So as we've got a live audience here, do you like the idea? Did that work? Good. So remember, if you do use it, it's your one euro fifty a time, payable to. No, no, no. By all means, do. And we'd love to hear from you if you you do find it's a good idea. But it, what you do is you look smart, and it's a rock star moment because your boss says, "Hey, we want to roll out OneDrive," and instead of saying, "Hey, it's to be take us two months," the following day you're already there and say, "Look, I think we can do this." First of all, we'll do a Microsoft. We'll roll out the application with no functionality. Um, and then what we'll do is uh, we'll extend on it from there. Yeah. It, it also gives you something to test against. If you already have like the few proper questions, then you can wait for your end users to come back and say, look, I've actually, actually I want to have this and this and this. And then you can test that and then you can roll the next step out. That's true. It also uh, saves you having to go and work out what files might get saved or what files the company uses. Uh, I did uh, a, an exercise with Ford Motor Company many years ago and, and before it was a, a problem that it is now. Well, it was a problem then, but CAD CAM files, for example, you just couldn't put them anywhere near. So, And you don't want to go spend six weeks talking to everybody in the business, what kind of files do you have or what you're going to store. This way you can kind of let them have it, let them loose on it, let them test it. Um, without actually committing you know, to having to redo the governance because you've suddenly realized that there's some strange file types in there. Exactly. New one, isn't it? We've not thought about that one before. No, actually. Right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. All now, right, we, cool. for, for the people that are interested, in episode 19 and 20, we actually went over all the Microsoft 365 applications yep. that were available two years ago, so they might not all be relevant with all the new stuff that's coming out. But uh, we kind of went over every, episode, uh, every application and then uh, we thought about what would be the baseline questions that you need to ask. So if you're going to roll out Stream, for example, um, yeah, and you need some idea of what kind of questions should I ask, that would be uh, maybe a good start. Like the first one is always one. what Stream? Uh, yeah. Always a cool one. <laughs> All right. So that was baseline governance. Yeah.
No so questions? There, there, was, there was this funny conversation that we had in the car around baseline governance while we were driving here. Go on. Which you can't remember at all. Of while course. Where you Great said, beard. Where you said, I'm a, yeah, I did baseline governance for my customer recently. And you said, it, I went into a two-hour meeting with the design team and we got everything done and I sent it out and it got into 10 pages and then it got into 50 pages and then I said to you the magical words, that's not baseline governance. Correct. Sorry, and I saw it again there. Yes. So I said, when I was a wee lad, that was not uh -huh. baseline governance. Monty we Python. We didn't have all those pages. Luxury when I was a lad. When I rolled out teams in my previous company... Uh, we just had our baseline governance was an Excel sheet. It was a, a spreadsheet just with like 10 rules and like, okay, these are the templates that we're going to roll out and we're going to allow this yes, this no. There was two and centimeters was left on the pencil. So I could know I could never do three pages. So I can't use the pencil and I kept sharpening it on my teeth until I could only do two pages and that was baseline governance. Exactly. Two pages, yeah. luxury, when I was a lad. <laughs> I had the label well, off a tin of beans. Piece well, of charcoal from fire. I'm not going down here. We can keep going on. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I forgot we did Monty Python yeah. in the car. Yeah. I thought you were going to refer to the guy that was sitting in the loo doing the QR code, you know, while he was doing his phone. No, no, no. We're no. not going to tell that no, story no, no, then. No, no. no that's, for the, that's for the whiskey bit later on. No, We, no. we always yeah. wondered what would happen if we let ourselves loose and we just did a, an over-18 podcast and we, you suddenly turn, turn, you know, technology into porn. So, have you noticed they won't let you go to porn sites in this hotel? I, I read somewhere that they won't, they've got a proxy <laughs> server that says, no, you're not allowed on this site's pornography. Somebody was telling me. That actually should be a booking, like, check mark. So, yes. can I bring pets to the hotel? Can I watch porn on the... Okay, and no, the anyway. Wi-Fi. Yeah, anyway, booking.com, anyway, one of the no. criteria. Only show me hotels where... Back to baseline governance. Oh, so, yeah. And on Monday, for example, I was at a, with a, at a smaller company, just 30 people, and they were saying, look, we now are working in teams, but we actually want to like, do more professional. We want to start building an intranet. So, my baseline governance is okay. Um... How are we going to build it? How are we going to get that to our audience? And, and who's going to do that? And if we already have that, we can start building it. And then we can start bringing it to our end users because we know how we want to do that. And it can evolve from there. So baseline governance to me is like a pretty decent first step. Yeah, what this story showed is really good. You take the basic process. So your baseline governance is not around all the different choices and options. There's just one process, which is I need to create a page. I need to know who to send it to. I need to be the person that can create the page. And I need to make sure that people can see it. So if you take those four steps and you come up with a solution for each of them, label the document creating pages on your intranet, then you're all good to go. And uh, how many people roll out Microsoft 365? Is that what you do as a job? Yeah, so you know what it's like. You go in and you try and work out what you're going to do and start. If you want to know, by the way, we've got a whole day workshop tomorrow on adoption and change. Car. And, yeah. And no With, F. Without the no F. F. Yeah. Yes. But um, uh, the first thing I do whenever I do a Microsoft 365 is I boot up SharePoint Online. I'm the only person that's using it. But that's my go-to new way of working site. Um, and it, it's going to be six months before you're going to start putting anything on SharePoint, potentially. But it, people are already starting to get used to it, and they see the great pages and all that kind of stuff. So you look like a rock star uh, because your boss says great communications. Nobody ever reads the pages because nobody's answering the emails and the links. But, uh, but it's a really easy fix to do straight out of the box, keep the security simple, and baseline pages. Good. Nice. You're okay. Going to do something else? Yes. Whiskey. Because in this session, we actually wanted to cover three of our, how do you call that, best episodes. Classics. Whatever. Classics, yes. So, baseline governance was one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, thank Kevin. You. Yes. I can't even count to three, actually. <laughs> one. Yeah. Go on then. So, uh, the, after baseline governance, we also want to talk about digital illiteracy. That's one of the things that uh, Tracy van der Schaaf also talks about a lot, um, and which I think is 
still pretty valid. We didn't call it digital literacy until we tried to find a posh name for it. I think there was a number of no, names. No, no, no. We, we did call it like that because it was enormously chewable because the Talisker Port Regie that we drank with it ah. was very chewable. I thought we just called it Dump. Uh, no, no, oh, no. Okay. We, no, we didn't. No. No. All right. Anyway, go. Tell us. Tell us all about well, Digital it's actually, um, we're all IT people. We all know what all these buttons do and all these features are, but our end users don't. Uh, so they go through a big change when we move them to Microsoft 365. But then Microsoft 365 is an evergreen platform, which we've seen today and yesterday. Uh, there are a lot of changes happening all the time. So they also need to be aware of those changes and they need to evolve with that as well. And the thing about it is that everybody's level of knowledge is based upon what we know ourselves. It's never from their perspective. And as much as you can sit and think about it, you don't. You go OneDrive, it's easy. You click on the link, you press upload, you put up whenever you're ready. Are you good? Wow, we're driving people out of the room. Nice. Yeah. I think I think I saw that look of desperacy on her face though. You know the one that says, I really shouldn't have had all that wine last night? And yeah. So, anyway, um, so very often you pitch these people in at a, certain at a certain level and then you carry on designing everything and putting everything in there. And we had this kind of question that came up and went, you know, if we try to sell that to the business immediately tomorrow or you try to change it, it's just not going to happen. And so we suddenly then went into a whole range of, okay, how do you gauge or judge or how do you work it all out? So, and I had this conversation, didn't we? We did it last night and we said... Um, it was Teresa. This is the table last night. I can't remember. Is it Teresa? Who's the girl sitting next to you at the table? The Jamaican lady. Doesn't matter. Sorry, Trisha. Trish. I was yeah. close. So close. I know a Trisha. Mm. Anyway, um, so uh, but she was trying to work out, and I said, "Do do a pop quiz. You know, do ten questions. That's just going to work out where you're at." Wait, and so wait. she she was trying to gauge for the the workshop that she was doing. She was saying. We actually want people that already know a little bit about these things so we can actually go into the advanced stuff. But how do I know if they all know what, I, what, what is required for them to know to be in the session? Yeah, but it's exactly the same model, the same problem. You know, I'm going to roll OneDrive out. You know, most people don't even know where OneDrive is or how to get there. And how, where do you start? Oh, do this e-learning course on OneDrive. Yeah, but what's OneDrive? So you've got to kind of work out what will work and what won't work. And the whole point about this is you're trying to get people to trust you. Okay, I'm doing a talk tonight for Ignite at about 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock tonight um, uh, uh, for the humans in IT. And, and it's about the human aspect of transformation. And it was one of those things. You're basically trying to get these groups of people to trust you. And generally, there's you. Because the guy that's doing the build is too techy and you only let him out the cage at a conference, you know, uh, and you're doing the change or the project stuff. So, yeah, you've got to try and get them to trust you. And if you start throwing these things around that they can't use, you're going to turn them off for the next 18 months as you start to roll everything else out. So it's really important as part of this sort of digital literacy to understand what they will understand and what they won't. Yeah. So that's where that came from. So how do we do that? Well, we don't sell them Power Automate immediately on the first day. No. Unless it's got that AI in it. That oh, yeah, says, that would do it for I you. I actually want my emails to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I do think that AI is going to help a lot with the literacy level of, of our end users. You're only saying that because you're an MVP. You want somebody to listen to this recording and say, oh, Marine got it. Check. <laughs> Laurie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but I, I do think that that's going to help I disagree. a lot. I don't agree. Look, look what happens when you roll Outlook out with insights. They instantly go, What? Yeah, turn it that knows off. Because I'm in a meeting. Yeah, turn yeah? that off. Yeah. So, how is this smart stuff that we understand going to help people that are just going to get suspicious of it when they boot up Excel, they put two numbers in, and then it says 72? Oh, sorry. No, of course, it says 42 because it knows the answer to the life universe and everything. But um, so I'm not sure AI, you need to be able to turn this stuff off. Hey, welcome. How are you doing? We'll so see. It'll be your turn in a minute, okay? So everybody's sort of just standing up here and telling a joke. So no, okay. Um, uh, yeah, but no, seriously, I think the AI stuff, you really want to try and hide it. Otherwise, you're going to have the same problems you had when Insights first came out. We'll see. I think in five years, we don't need developers anymore. We don't need designers anymore. 
my job as a configurator will also be done because Microsoft is putting templates in everything. Is that what so it says on your business card? Implementator. Implementator. <laughs> no, it does not. It says tater. Tater. <laughs> you know, there's some, it's valid. I get it, uh, the AI stuff. But I think you have to kind of work it all out. Is somebody that can't even work out how to upload a document into OneDrive going to know that the document sort? I, I, actually, from what I heard this morning, one of the things that really will work is the auto-tagging. How many people are excited about the auto-tagging? Okay. This is a conference, and it was a big day today. There was some really good news. You should be more excited about that because I dread migration. I just hate it. I've got a guy doing a bunch of code at the moment that is reading down the files, trying to pull out the details so that I can run a script that auto-tags stuff when it goes across. And it's causing me a real pain because the guy knows bugger all about SharePoint. Migration but, is always hard. That's so why this is going to fix it. No, that's why when Satya Nadella uh, said, "This is Windows 10. This is the last Windows we're ever <laughs> going to make. You will never have to do a migration ever again." You see, I, I was so excited when, about that. I remember yes. when Bill Gates said, "You'll never need any more than 640 megabytes of memory." I remember it well. Yeah. Nobody will ever need it. Mm. They're all wrong. Actually, maybe it's a, something, it's a criteria of the CEO. What job would you like to do? I'm going to be CIO, CEO of Microsoft. Oh, cool. Do you lie a lot? Yes. Tech. Sorry. There's, there's, no, there's a better one. There's this... this okay, we, we've got a few minutes, right, to, for, to tell a joke. Yeah, that means so there's, there's a, a guy and he's got a daughter. So he goes to Bill Gates, uh, or Satya Nadella, let's say, and he says, um, you need to marry my daughter. And he says, no. And he says, yeah, uh, but my daughter is the CEO of the World Bank. Okay, he says. So then he goes to the World Bank and he says, my daughter needs to be your CEO. And the director says no. And he says, yeah, but she's married to Satya Nadella. Okay. And that's how you do politics. <laughs> wow. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. That is quite good for you. Not I didn't come up all. with that. I just read that somewhere. Oh, okay. I thought that was pretty oh, clever. Don't blow it. You were doing well there. That was you clever. Well. No. All right. Look, we're running kind of yes, on time. Yes. So let's very quickly... Do on to the last one. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. I quite yes. like this. So, um, adoption. <sighs> Did I say that without moving my lips? Yes. Okay. I, I do like doing these live better. They're more fun doing them live <laughs> in a room. All right. So, um, we spend a lot of time talking about adoption because you, you've got to. Are, right? we, are we still recording, by the way? Are we still recording? Yes. Okay. We're good. Um, so we, we end up talking about all kinds of different ways of getting messages across uh, and all that. Because that's what you do at the end of the day. You have to take that responsibility and say, yeah, I'm going to roll out. Everybody choose a OneDrive because it's easy. I'm going to roll out forms. You know, Then you need to understand how you're going to sell it and how you're going to get people excited about it and that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we came up with was if there's one person in your organization that knows how to get people excited about something is your sales guys. Because they do it and live it every single day. And if you just happen to be listening to Humans in IT tonight at 7 o'clock UK time uh, and Steve Dobby's on, you will hear me say that, you know, when you talk about your persona team and you're going to get your sales and you talk about your ambassadors, make sure you've got some salespeople in your ambassadors team because they are going to tell you how to set up that excitement. And so we started talking about the sales tunnel. You know, the sales funnel, they get somebody interested here and then we move them to the next stage and we move them to the next stage. So we kind of came up with this thing about how do we define that value but do it in small iterations. And what's interesting about this is that I think it's a great idea, but I've never actually tried it. Um, me neither, but, <laughs> it, but it, it looks a lot like the Adcar process. It does a little bit, yeah. Because you need to have ma you need to make people aware that your solution that you're going to roll out is there. Then you need to have them desire it, and then they need to know all about it, and then they have to show the ability that they can do it, and then you can reinforce that. Cool. I just want to show off that I know all the five letters of Adcar. That's yeah. Because if, if you know the podcast, yeah. we normally forget them. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got them here. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So yes, we then talked about how you actually sell the pen. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. So Wolf of Wall Street, that that one scene where the guy says, like, sell me this pen. And then the other guy says, yeah, I'll uh, write down your name. Uh, yeah, but I don't have a pen. Like, damn, here you go. Here's yeah. a pen. Um, and, and that's creating that desire of you need to have this. And with awareness, we talk to the communication people because that's all about communication. But for desire, you need to talk to your sales team because they know that sales funnel they know how to get people in front of them and 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 sell that solution and make them sign it make them want it make them spit out lots of money so that they can have it um, but, that, that, but that is the thing is you know most sales people will get people nervous you know you need a new car because diesel cars will just be a waste of time in 20 years time so you need this new battery car and very often we sell, you know, SharePoint and uh, Teams and all those kinds of things in the same kind of way. What do you mean you can't find your documents? I have an answer for that. And, you, you know, so you basically try and work that out. Um, of course, what we then wanted to try and do was to sort of work out how you kind of mix it with what they do to get that value. don't know whether you've ever thought about what value actually means. Value is going to be different to all of us. So I actually have a black armband on here, or I thought I did because my Alfa Romeo went back to the leasing company yesterday. All right, I've had an affair with this beautiful red-skirted lady because uh, we name all our cars in my family, so that was Stella. So yes, that affair ended yesterday for five years. So now I'm moving on to Shirley, but that's not really important. Um, but the, 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 the point is that you've got to kind of uh, you know, work out what it is that you're going to get the value from. So do people like driving? People like cars, yeah, some do, some don't. It's funny, isn't it? Some people just have a car because it's practical, get from A to B, but other people get passionate about it. And so if somebody wants to sell me a car, you know, it's very, very easy to, to pick up on that. And when I, uh, in January, ordered my new car, which won't be here until next fucking March, all right, um, which most people on the podcast know this already, but the first thing he did when he sat down, he said, hey, what do you like about your current car? Because you know what that is. So imagine going to a user and saying, okay, you know, you use a computer. What is it you like about that now? So that you can sort of compare the value to what they're doing today compared to what you want them to do tomorrow and why it will be faster, quicker, better, and driven by AI. Does AI have a name, by the way, in office? We know it's Cortana. We know her boyfriend used, is Used to be Cortana, guy. yeah. I don't know it's if Cortana that's still... died. It, it's not being used anymore. There's the Nora, the, yeah. the uh, title of my, night, she, my next book. She retired. Clippy, yeah, exactly. That's Clippy. Clippy's uh, the boyfriend of Cortana. Oh, no. I thought the, I thought the boyfriend was the uh, AI that's in um, Azure. He's got a boy's name. Let's not go there. I can't remember. <laughs> All right. So anyway, as we were talking really about visualizing where we were going with this stuff, then we came up with this concept of Mickey Mouse's ears. Yeah. You know how these podcasts go? I mean, it's really weird, honestly. This is how it happens, you know. We choose a new subject, so I'm going to let you explain Mickey Mouse's ears. Okay. So, your idea was that (laughs) (laughs) we would have collaboration in the center. And if you want to do collaboration right, you need two things. You need content and you need communication. So, the collaboration would be like the Mickey Mouse face and then you would have those two ears communication and content yep and then you have a nice cuddly toy to sell your users to but it's getting that right balance because that's where the value is isn't it in microsoft 365 it's actually having that context to that information so we came up with with those kinds of ideas and that was adoption funnel um personas do you want to move on or do you want to call it quits let's go and have a whiskey yes the normal circumstances at this point in time we'd certainly be thinking about it so I guess we could say if anybody got any questions about setting up a podcast or just open the whiskey. Mm. Yeah. We'll do that. We seriously will. I, I think... Yeah. No. Yeah, that's fine. No. I don't no, know what you want to no. say. No. 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 Do we have questions? One. Oh. Why? 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 Actually, that, that, that's actually a brilliant question and I, I tell Steve that every once in a while. Um, and no, um, so we got to know each other at a project long, long time ago. I thought it was that club in Berlin. 
That as well, but okay. yeah. Uh, but no, there, there was this certain project and we kind of got stuck and then they called in a new um, project manager, which happened to be this guy. And uh, Steve kind of thinks in a different way. Um, and he managed to convince everyone that going the opposite way would be much better. And everyone including me, was going like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Three months, right? I arrived there, and then three months later, we had all of the SharePoint sites designed, built. We had the model for migrating content. We were all set to go, weren't we? And two months later, you were es escorted to the exit. Yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> so... Um, Steve also, yes, uh, yeah, Steve also has a dirty mind, and I like that as a lot about him. Um, so we also kind of connect on a different level. Uh, maybe that the club came in out Berlin right. Again. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Anyway, but um, the reason is every time I go to Steve, and for people that are listening to the podcast, I say that sometimes, I always get a golden nugget out of our conversation because that's what we do. We just talk to each other. And to me, there's always like a, a little thing going, oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, that's actually a good idea. And that was actually one of the ideas that I wanted to do is get a little book of our 100 golden nuggets, but you're too I lazy. couldn't be asked to do yeah. that. Yes, exactly. Um, if I said make it 100 whiskeys that we drank... We have a list. We have an Excel list. We do, yes. So that so we don't drink the same one. And we'd have to, we'd have to retaste them. Not a SharePoint no. list, no, it's an Excel. We'd have to retaste them to make sure that it was still right. Uh, yes, we do. I think yes, that's the that's project. that's the next hundred. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to answer this because he's going to rev it on a little while. So no, what, but what that, that, was, that was my answer because every time I talk to him, every time we do one of these episodes, I get something out of it. That's not what he asked. As usual, you're answering the wrong question. He asked how we started and why we do it. How you started, wasn't it? Oh, no, I apologize, Murray. I'm sorry. <laughs> You were right. You were right. I apologize. For once. Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't happen very often. No, I'm joking. No. That's not true. I, I thought it was about so the start. Yeah. Starting is interesting um, because we were working for this customer, which is why I thought you were going to tell that story. Um, and I did last longer than five months. Trust me. I did. I did. It was uh, all ready to go. And then they said, we should do some communication. So they brought in this communications company. And then so we're waiting and waiting. And Anyway, but what we did there for, um, we set up these meetings. So just basically the usual ask me anything kind of stuff. Um, but they were quite popular, weren't they? I mean, the, the yes. company was eager to go down the SharePoint route uh, and the Office 365 route. So we suddenly found that we had quite a good rapport on a Teams meeting with whoever connected, 30 or 40 people, I guess, from around the no, world. No, no, we had, we had 200 people uh, dialing in. I love that. 4,000 yeah. people <laughs> connecting to these calls anytime you uh, wanted. Yeah. But what was, what was the weirdest thing was we had to do them over different time zones. So the day we did them, we did them in the morning for one side of the world, and then we had to try and remember what we said in the afternoon, and, but we found it didn't really matter whether we remembered or not. We had the demos quartered out. And so we kind of decided we'd set a podcast up so yeah. we'd work it. And then I threw in the whiskey idea, which was um, just an excuse. Yeah. We were going to be bigger than Joe Rogan. We were going to make so much money. Spotify would get us a deal. It costs yeah. us about two grand a year exactly. to do this. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so that's how, it, uh, that's how it came off. It just worked. And I recommend that to anybody, um, especially with SharePoint and, and Stream now. Set up your digital TV channel. You know, with this new clip champ, champ thing, if it really works, then knocking together a quick two-minute video on, you know... Um, uh, i tell you one thing I, do, I will be doing this week. Uh, I'm getting... I sent an email out about a change that happened yesterday, uh, and then no end of people went, it was in my unfocused box, as if they were being clever and smart, you know, and then you're kind of explaining for the 200th time, yeah, actually, you control what goes in there, and it's really nice. So that's one of those little TV videos that I'll do, and it'll just go onto the, uh, the site. It's dead easy to do. So, yes, yeah, so I think there's a lot of options like that. Yeah. So that's, that's how we started doing this. Yeah. Yep. Through the lockdown, all yep. that whiskey. We don't. Oh, come on. Be honest. Yeah, we don't. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> he he doesn't. Um, no, uh, I think I don't know how. If you're organised, I think you have a process. Then you identify them. We do them in our day-to-day work. So we get ourselves together and we learn what needs to be done and you move on for it. But I do agree in terms of security, uh, it's not really about templates for me because I don't think I've ever been to, a, to a, a, any two companies where the security has been the same. And so my, my view often is templates are a waste of time. He tries to sell me Teams templates all the time. All right, And I go, that's crap. Although my boss collared me the other day and went, it'd be really good if we had a template for Teams for projects. I went, okay. I'll get somebody to build one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, how do we keep up with it? I think a lot of it is with experience. Moraine um, has the inside line being an MVP, of course, so I'm harassing him whenever he walks through the door trying to get the secrets out of him, but he's very good at keeping those secrets. Um, so, yeah, it's basically our experience. And that's what the podcast's about. It's about two guys in a bar talking shit, you know? Um, and then what comes out of it is those ideas. Um, it, it, it actually comes back to that original consultancy question or answer like it depends, depends yes. it depends of the company so what is going to be best practice for this company will not be for this company I, um, I, I run a series of talks uh, anyway, sorry. Which websites you've been on last night? Maybe, yeah. Um, so uh, security, though, it's a really, really good question. One that we've touched on now and again. But I think since the last time we did it, it's changed so much. I think there's nine or ten layers now of different kinds of security, if not more, that you can put in. I, I kind of do a, a, um, a, a, a series of things called Plan to Evolve. Because uh, you put that baseline governance in, you run it for 18 months, and then I'm going to do a podcast, I think, on Saturday on this, but uh, you then rethink. Because at that point, you've got a year's worth of experience about where you're going and what you're doing. So I have a client, um, uh, not a big company, small company, and we, we set up a simple security model. So everybody's got read access to all the sites. Managers have got access. Board levels have got edit access to everything. And that's fine. And then they wanted to bring in uh, F1 licenses uh, on people's mobiles so that people could connect just to their site. But, of course, I'd used the uh, everyone except externals domain group. Um, and so now we had to revisit it. But that was okay because it's 18 months in or something and it's time to rethink about where they were going. And so, yeah, I ended up with those wonderful spreadsheets that users create for you that, you know, your logic is easy, isn't it? These are the people, they're the sites, and then you put in here what access they want. No, 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 no. They're the sites, they're the people, and I'll write in the little box whether they're allowed to have read, write or not and to what and to where and to how. But I don't mind. It's three weeks sorting that one out. <laughs> but yeah, so I think there's that. That's the way t- we. I tend to work anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we tend to be driven by what we're working on at the time. Which well, is going to be interesting. What I what I try to do is uh, when I go to a specific kind of customer, I always try to give them like the uh, my experience of similar kind of organizations. So I always have a few reference cases that I always go back to. Like for this customer, which is also 60 people just like your organization, we've done this and this and this because of this and this. And then they could say, oh, that will not work for us or that sounds just right and then we can do it like that. But really all the the big changes, you need to revisit them. You need to ask the questions. Um, But yeah. I think it brings out a good point. I mean, like your organization where you're well-structured, well-organized, and you're selling a package of services to, to users. If I'm the consultant on the job, then <laughs> I, I know you're going to charge me an arm and a leg for it because there's a bunch of hours and stuff in there, and that's fine. It's legitimate. Some organizations need to do that. I think at our level, uh, we tend to go in with that idea of being flexible and agile. So consequently, you, that's where we're at. So we very rarely do much of the... Uh, the we more are structures. artisans. We're not a factory. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> Good line. Yes. All right, cool. Anything else? Yeah. Because I think we're about done otherwise. Yeah. No, that's it. Everyone's getting bored now. Phones are on. Yeah. So Let's wrap know. it up. That's true. We have uh, got a couple of whiskeys that we are going to taste to, that we've brought with us. So yes. if anybody wants to join us, we'll, we'll aim for the four o'clock time in the boardroom. You've got the glasses, I presume. Do they need to bring paper cups? Uh, there are glasses. There are glasses yeah, we right could, here. So we'll steal the glasses. Yes. yes. Um, uh, we've got a couple of whiskeys. Uh, you've heard us talk about Uncle Nearest. Uh, 
How many? Oh no, because you own a bit on the podcast. But okay, Uncle News, talk. Yeah, do the bit. Yes, oh, please. Do I have your permission? Then? Yes, you do. Okay. You do. You do. I just didn't realize yes. I could speak without actually begging first. That's mm. okay. I That's a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> From now on. Yeah. Episode one hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting then next week. Um, uh, you do know I get to edit this. I spend hours oh, no, cutting I know, you out. I know, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he never uh, listens you, to his own podcast. I just want to say, you know, I never listen I to know, it. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, there's a fabulous whiskey story. Uh, but I should ask a question: Is there anybody into whiskey generally? Yeah, you're great. So, have you heard of Uncle Nearest? Fabulous. So, go online. There's a Vimeo video. Just search for Uncle Nearest, uh, and there's some really good material around. But basically. Um, there was a preacher that owned some land, but he also owned a distillery. This was like 130, 40 years ago. Um, and they, uh, he in, put his... In the US. Would you in, like no, to? no, 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 no. I'm just, no, just trying to make it like palatable. Okay. So it's obviously American whiskey. Um, and um, basically he put the, his slave in charge, which was Uncle Nearest. So he's a black African imported because uh, somebody sold him a ticket and said, come to America and have a great life. Um, and so he put his slave in charge because he couldn't perceive be the guy to do it. And then his nephew, this guy called Jasper Daniel, said, what's all that smoke and all those trucks? And so he said, okay, I'll take you in there. So he took him to Uncle Nearest and said, can you teach this guy all you know? And so he taught him all he knew. And what he'd done was he'd brought techniques over from Africa where they filter the water using charcoal and things. Now, if you know where I'm going, you know that Jasper Daniels was Jack Daniels. And so Jack Daniels was taught how to make whiskey by a black American slave. Um, and he eventually bought the distillery and moved out of town and away you go. So this story had been hanging around for a while. And a bunch of New York journalists said, look, there's, we just keep hearing this. It will make a great story. So they did the research, and they found over 2,500 pieces of information that proved that this guy existed. Uh, and uh, the story issued, and away you go. To cut a long story longer, because it's really cool, um, there was a lady called Fern... I can't remember her name. Terrible. Anyway, uh, a lady called Fern something or other and her husband, they went looking around for the story uh, because he works for Sony Pictures to make a movie and she ended up getting completely hooked into this. Um, she bought the farm he lived at, the land that the distillery is on. She's built the distillery. She got $60 million of investment. She's set up a whole company, which is an all-black female company, just so they can get all the extra grants. But I'll cut that bit out. Don't worry. Um, and, um, uh, and, but, but no, she's done a fabulous job. And they, they're selling whiskey into the female populations. Uh, they've, they're done. But here's the crux. The master blender now today from uncle nearest which is a great whiskey and i brought half a bottle because that's all i've got left um to taste uh, is actually the great 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 granddaughter of uncle nearest because in the village uh, jack daniels great great grandmother and uncle nearest's great great grandmother they still have tea together every friday afternoon and they run the village basically nobody gets past these people and it's just it was such just a great story we had to try and get the whiskey and it took us six months or something to get the whiskey until we could actually get to taste it if you like american bourbon if you well it's actually it's a tennessee whiskey it's not a bourbon but it really is very good and it, there's a bottle there so we're going to taste that one today it is awesome yeah and uh, we and say that we try and drink a whiskey that is rare to get hold of. So you have something special to put on the table. Yes, yes. Do you because want to tell we us about we've it? already. Do I have your permission? Yes. Exactly. Okay. This is so going to be a thing. We, isn't we've it? already uh, tasted the Uncle Nearest in in one of our episodes. Now yeah. the one that I brought is one that we haven't. So that will be the official uh, one. Um, and it it doesn't have like an emotional story like this one, but it's got a kind of a cool story as well. So it's We'll tell you a, in a minute whether it was cool, all right? Yes, you exactly. On. So it's from an uh, uh, Israeli distillery called Milk and Honey. They make all kinds of nice whiskeys. Uh, but they also try to experiment every once in a while. So what they've done is they've taken a few of those wooden barrels, put them on the top of a hotel in the middle of the Dead Sea, for I don't know the how long. The required amount of time, three yeah, and a half, four years. Something like that. And of course, that's the lowest, lowest point, point on earth. One of the hottest points. So you've got a lot of angels shared, like the, the stuff that evaporates. And that leaves you with a very 
They don't tell them. Mm. They'll find out if they come to taste mm. it. Special whiskey. Yep. But it's, it's actually matured at the lowest point anywhere on earth. So uh, even even the Swiss ones we the, sorry the Swedish ones we tasted uh, that were stored in the mine in yep. the mine the coal mine and the Swiss one which was the uh, highest the highest one in the mountains there which is uh, uh, matured in the ice on the ice flow so yeah so we do weird whiskies and uh, four o'clock you come and join us I think we're done yeah we're done have you All had right. fun yeah are you cool. not entertained <laughs> is, is that there from anybody Gladiator? out there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Is it, okay. um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. All Good. right. So, uh, yeah, Steve Dolby saying hi and bye. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. This is unusual having people looking at me while I do this. Normally, I'm now looking at the screen about to press change. But, uh, yeah, this has been fun. We're not going to do it again. Um, but it was, it was well worth doing. <laughs> uh, but there you go. So, uh, so goodbye from me. If you need us, I, Steve, just search Google. You'll find all my accounts. And this is where I hand over to Moraine now to do a really big finish. And he does something like... Bye. I'm just doing a quick test one, two, three here. It is recording. Yeah. I think I could just tweak up the volume a little bit on both of them. Good. All right. So, it is not the day we recorded episode 100. No, it's not. We had a whiskey party after the event. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we are def- definitely drinking uh, a whiskey that we shared with, with a few people then. Yeah. yeah. And I think the whiskey at this 100 felt a little more special than previously. Yeah, because episode 100 means every episode we taste at least one whiskey. That's true. So that meant that for episode 100, we've tasted at least 100 whiskeys. So this had to be something very different. It had to be something special. And we were actually looking at it a few weeks ago, like, what would we do? Yeah. Because to me, to be honest, for me, it would be a, a Lagavulin 16. No, Lagavulin 8. If we're talking really special, eight. the 16 just delivers that little more oomph than the 8. But the 8 I has think. more body to it than the 16. Anyway, it's just my opinion, but that's yeah. what these opinions are for. Of, of course. But, but I think what was... <laughs> Moraine's going to have a heart attack and because the dog's found something fun. Just let her out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going out that. in that rain. I get it. I think she was dreaming. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. but, so we, yeah, we did look. But, the, yeah. but then, and we, then we chose something which we'll talk about in a minute or two but let's talk about the day itself so you've just listened to uh, our live podcast Mm -hmm. and we have some friends in there we had people that we know have listened to the podcast Mm -hmm. Uh, we had some great interaction which we hope you you managed to pick up Um, and this was at a live event yeah so uh, South Coast Summit yeah um, had about 150 people in that day Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a special day and we we took that opportunity but we had a really busy time so to be fair we kind of turned up and recorded and ran away again. Well, no, it's not true. Let's start again. We turned up to record without having the time to think about it properly because we had the workshop the following day. And it was the first time we were running that workshop. So and in my mind, be a, I was busy. If, if you would that, be you know? like a proper professional, everything would have been done and dusted days in advance. But, but because we're just <clears throat> silly twats like us, <laughs> um, of course... We think about what are we going to talk about like half an hour in advance and then just conjure up a few ideas like we always do on the on the mighty well, whiteboard. To be fair, for the podcast, we had the ideas. We knew what we yeah. wanted. The Hot yeah. Shots was our yeah. working title and that was fine. Um, but uh, we also had four other presentations to do that weekend between us. Yeah. So, no, actually, I had four, you had three. Mm-hmm. So I had the Ignite one, which was within two hours of the, the recording. Of yeah, course, that exactly. was right in my head um, and everything else. But we did want to taste some whiskey with some friends. So um, 
I took uh, some of my old favourites with me, so did you, and then yep. we, we had one which we're going to drink in a moment. So I took Uncle Nearest uh, that nobody had ever tasted before. We, there was five or six of us there, I think, around like that, the yeah. boardroom table. So guys, thank you for a fabulous time, but Uncle Nearest was one that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, you took... Um, the one that, that one. we're gonna and taste, and the Nirvana, Paul John that's Nirvana. That's right, yeah, the Paul John Nirvana, the one yeah. bought by accident. Yeah. Uh, so that well, was the tree cool. that was bought by yeah. accident. Yes. And then Kevin bought something, a French one that I cannot remember what it was no, called. From neither can I. Britain. It was yeah. kind of okay. I think Kevin said he's never going to open the bottle or drink it again. Yeah. A big mistake. But actually, mm-hmm. I thought it would get better and we advised him hey kevin hope it's still on your shelf forget about it find yeah. it in a few months time and, and away you go but let's talk about what we brought we brought a whiskey uh big that met our requirement exactly which yeah. was a whiskey that you would not Have generally previously yeah. yeah and so it's kind of a limited edition it was it's 56 percent, so it's cask strength yeah but like Cask strength would normally be like 65%. In this case, okay. it's only 56%. But but that's it, with good reason. It is, yeah. So this is fermented in over 50 degrees C for the appropriate time of whiskey, which is three, three years, years or so. But because of that extreme temperature, it's like it's 6, 8, 10, 12 years old. Yeah, exactly. Because it does so quickly. And... This um, has been aged in the lowest place on Earth, otherwise yep. known as the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. Yeah. So introduce the whiskey. All right, Ryan. all right, all right. So after uh, uh, like twenty episodes ago, Steve yeah. brought that whiskey that was matured on on the mountain, on the oh, highest yes, the, Swiss. the highest place you ever put a whiskey barrel or something like that. So that was that was an amazing. Story and a really good whiskey as well. Yes. Um, <clears throat> during one of our tastings that we'd done at my favorite cigar shop, um, I heard people talk about this Israeli milk and honey distillery and how they were bringing amazing stuff out. So I turned 40 this year, so I thought, Let's buy a bottle. So what I bought was their special range, which is called the Apex Series. And they have a whole bunch of them. I think around eight or ten special whiskeys from this Israeli milk and honey distillery. It's a great name, isn't it? Exactly. I milk love it. Milk, it's the land of milk and honey. So it's milk yeah. and honey whiskey. Now, to be honest, this whiskey does not taste... At all like milk and honey. Thankfully. Thankfully, yes. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, it's a a small batch, uh, 56%, uh, stored for three years in a barrel at the lowest point. On the roof of a hotel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got so much angel share that. That's right. They lose a lot because of the heat. But what's That's why the the alcohol percentage is, is that low. Correct. Yeah. So, but what they lose in angel share, I think they gain in in strength, in in flavor, because this whiskey is so incredibly intense. I would not drink this every day. This is not an everyday whiskey. This it's is not too freaking intense. But but to be, it's not. It's not like, you know, the 101 or 102, you know, the the, the Eily kind of heavy, smoky... But the Octomores. The Octomores. No, no. So it's not that level of intensity. No. It's the kind of, you know, uh, well-barreled, well, well um, red, burgundy kind of wine, you know, where it has that full body, you know, the tannins have not not taken your tongue off. Well, you've got there. full so body... Intensity. This is more like an obese body. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. But anyway, let's tell you what we thought. Now, it's also the folks that tasted this around that boardroom table thought it was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yes. It really yeah. was. And so Marie was yeah. lovely to have shared yeah. it with everybody. Mm. Uh, and it was nice to be able to bring something actually and share it with people like that, wasn't it? Yes. 
because they hear us talk about whiskey all the time. Yeah. And now they can enjoy one with us. So yep. I hope to do that again very, very soon. 200. I, I hope episodes. we can do that sooner as well. But well, yeah. th- we we already talked about um, uh, doing something after the workshop in Vegas. Yeah. So let's yeah. try and find something there. So if you're going exactly. to M365 conference, uh, the MGM Grand in Vegas, first week of December, on Friday the 9th, after the workshop, we've got a workshop on change and adoption, which would be great if you could join us. But after that, we will arrange with uh, anybody that is there. Yeah. And I noticed, I was looking down the list, there's a lot of friends there, so it's going to be quite popular. Nice. Good. All, right. All right, let's talk about Also, this. we've got a discount code. Oh, we have, yeah. So anybody that is thinking of going, if you put Dolby 50 in, then that will take you $50 off your price immediately, which yeah. will be more than enough to buy me a whiskey after Friday night. Exactly. So yeah. that would be neat. Mm. All right, good. Go. All right, aroma. Uh, I'll read what it says here. So sweet with French vanilla and mocha. Notes of cigar box and a refreshing hint of spearmint, pleasant oakiness in the background. Now, I'm a cigar smoker. I smell lots of cigar boxes. I don't really get that. I do get lots of mint and I do get vanilla, but that's kind of I get of cigar box. Yeah? I've never thought about it before. I didn't notice it on Saturday. Maybe because it's telling me it's there, but I do feel it now. It's like... um. Have you ever been to have you ever been to a place where they're hanging tobacco to dry? Yeah. So that's actually I I went there this weekend to a place where they hang tobacco to dry in the Netherlands. Oh wow! Yeah, there you go. Do they hand roll cigars? Uh, No, they don't. Okay. No. Too bad. It's not a bad nose, is it? I mean, that mint is there. There's no doubt about it. Interesting mint in a whiskey is unusual, isn't it? It's not. Actually, you think there are so many whiskies that have some level of of that mintiness uh, in there. Yes, juniper and stuff. Yeah, I was, maybe I was drinking an uh, Ocantoshan uh, this weekend. The default one of the no, the American Oak one, and that had tons of mint in it as well. So it might be, yeah. I don't care. Urban you can balance. talk. I just started yeah. to taste it. Exactly. Oh. It's wonderful. It has a it has um a wonderful burn at the end of it, but it's a slow burn that kind of just develops into a finish that goes on and on and on. But it starts off very mellow mm-hmm. uh, on the front of the tongue and on the sides. Uh, I'm not sure what it's telling me it's supposed to do. Um, but um, I guess that chocolatey cocoa as powder is in there. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm, I do get ch- get cocoa and mm. a little coffee, but then very, like the, very sugary coffee, like yeah. Cuban, Cuban coffee. Yeah, I was thinking about that chocolate powder that you get sometimes on truffle chocolates. Yeah, know? something like that. Mm. Yeah, but then I love that, that glowing harshness no harshness is the wrong word but that mm. burn burn is the right word the that intensity kind of burn. yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's nice you wonder when it's going to stop and then it stops before it gets painful uh, and then turns into that very satisfying forby taste a bit forest salty fruit I yeah. get no, nah, but forest fruit's not the right word. No, no, but no, like, no, it's not fruity. Like a, all, an, an autumn walk in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes on for a good minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Mm. It is a lovely drink. If you get chance, highly recommend it. I've, I actually saw these people at the, uh, the London Whiskey st- Show uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and sat talking to them there, and I also got to taste uh, another one from from their range, um, the, the one that was done in the pomegranate uh, wine cask, pomegranate white cask. It's part of the uh, the same apex range, um, but that was um, a hint of sweetness, of course. Uh, but pomegranates can be quite bitter, uh, and so that also came out, which was really good. But this particular nice. case, I think that. Um, Full-bodied aroma is just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I think this is very, very perfect for number 100. Fitting. 
fitting. Yes. Small word, but very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got some to drink, so I'm going to sit. And yeah, 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 yeah. No worries. You enjoy. So, oh, second sip is even better. Because you lose the, the burn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I might have to go and buy a bottle of this. Did I tell you I've just bought the Cardi thingy-majig, the Lefrague one? Gerdias. Yeah, we'll do that next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. We do it all right, haven't we? What was your favorite whiskey you think you've tasted? We've done 100. Which is the one that, that sticks in mind? I know mine is. I mean, we took it. I've already mentioned Uncle Nearest. That mm-hmm. that was the best discovery that in 100 episodes for me. For me, the best discovery? I, I love that question because for me, the best discovery, I've got two. I've got the Ben Romach. Yes. The quarter cask. Yes, that's true. I had the Ledeg, the Lecce. Wow, yeah. And that the Sinclair was, version. Yeah, and the Sinclair version as well, so that's mm. number three. But also number four, the one that we had in Barcelona. <gasps> oh, the long row. The long row. Yeah, you're right. In terms of surprises. Yeah. yeah. So those were like four amazing discoveries that I had over the 100 whiskeys. Yeah, I agree with all of those. Yeah. I agree with all of those. I think there's also the one from the island of Ray in France, the Pertuis. The Ile de Ray, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah The exactly. Pertuis was yeah. also another good yeah. discovery. Nice. Yeah. Flavier has got a lot to answer for, actually. I mean, we, we did Flavier in the <laughs> early years, but that got yeah. you into some really unusual whiskies. Yeah, exactly. And then we never stopped looking. No. No. It's a journey. A journey we are only halfway through, if not less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I really hope we can taste like at least 300 more. No, it's true. Now, uh, when we were on the boat going into South, to the South mm-hmm. Summit, you mm-hmm. said, Steve, I'm going to just get this out there that I haven't bought you a gift for the 100th episode. Yes, I did and you not. told me yes. what you were going to buy. Yes. Now, I have bought you a gift. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it was like 15 euros. So okay, nothing okay, expensive. Okay. And it hasn't arrived yet. Okay, okay, okay. But I bought you a pair of Lafrague socks because <laughs> you do like socks. So I, I, I couldn't resist it. I thought <gasps> he needs some Lafrague socks. Oh, that is brilliant. So, uh, from me, my friend, to you oh. for, for 100 episodes, it's superb. Thank you very much. Thank you so for much. For that whiskey. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I think on that note, we should finish off episode 100 and yeah. look forward to the next... The next 100, yeah, at least. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Great well, time. Well, to be honest, we're not running out of ideas of things to talk about. Oh, we deal in an industry that is forever changing. Yeah. So that's why we also talk about change that much. <laughs> I guess we do. I think that the next episode might be about change I as well. I think it is, seen as we've just recorded it. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a confusing world of non-real time stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah. So, guys, anybody listening to this that was at the recording of the 100, especially those of you that were around that table in the boardroom um, at the South Coast Summit, thank you for being there. Thank you for everybody that's listened to us for 100 years. Do you know we now? Some of you may not know this, but we have every episode has about 230 to 270. Uh, downloads and listens and uh, it's a real pleasure to be able to do that Mm -hmm. absolutely same thing for me thank you all so much cool talk to you next time look forward to it Bye. bye guys